Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning. As Austin said, I am Pastor Ray. I know I've gotten to meet some of you, and this is the first time that uh, I've been blessed to be able to bring God's Word to you on Sunday morning. I have been a lead pastor for the past seven years before coming here, so I've been preaching most every Sunday for seven years. I haven't preached for two months, so you might want to settle in and hold on. This week we, we're uh, focusing on the shepherd's candle uh, as we look at the idea of joy. And much has been made about the shepherds who are watching over their sheep by night. There's some traditions that talk about how those shepherds were actually descendants of the Levites. They were watching over the lambs that would be used as a sacrifice. In fact, a lot of the tradition tell us that uh, Jesus was not born on December 25th, but rather maybe even in the springtime, right before Passover. And the lambs that they were watching over would be the ones that would actually be sacrificed at the temple. We don't know that for sure. Uh, That is a tradition. Uh, Nothing in Scripture that tells us that. But I want to focus in on those shepherds because not only were they possibly watching over the sheep that would be sacrificed at the temple. Shepherds in general were not looked at favorably in that culture. In fact, a judge would not permit testimony from a shepherd because they were generally considered untrustworthy. And in fact, they could not even go to the temple where possibly they were raising sheep to be sacrificed. They were impure. They weren't welcome. But what a great twist of divine irony that God would reveal his plan come true to these men who weren't even welcome at the temple. This past summer, Pastor Mary and I had an opportunity to travel to the Holy Land, and I have a couple of pictures, uh, one of which was at what they call Shepherd's Field, and hopefully that shows up in just a moment. Uh, As we stood on the hillside overlooking where tradition seems to indicate that the shepherds gathered that night and watched over their flocks. Nothing remarkable about the hillside. You can look down into the valley. You can see to the next, the next hill where there was a town. And we stood there and reflected on possibly being in the same place that those shepherds were when the angels appeared to them. But one thing occurred as we began to leave and go towards Bethlehem. This is just outside of Bethlehem. On our way to Bethlehem to visit the Church of the Nativity where tradition again tells us is the place that Jesus was born. As we left the shepherd's field, we looked across the street, and there was a sign for a marketplace. And it said, Boaz Field Shop. And it occurred to me at that moment, as I started to dig into it, that the fields where the shepherds were, watching over their sheep, 
traditionally is the same field that Ruth in the Old Testament was gleaning in the fields of Boaz. It's easy to see the connection between those stories because Boaz, just like Jesus, shows up as the savior of the story. But I wondered if there was a little bit to be made of the connection between Ruth and the shepherds. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. I want to read from the passage before we get into some of these connections and some of what I think we can learn from the story of not only the shepherds, but the story of Ruth. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. I'll be reading through verse 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, as we look into your word this morning, we ask for your wisdom. We ask that you would teach us, each one of us, about this familiar story. Allow us to see us in the story of Jesus' birth. Give us insight not simply so we can hear another story, so we can feel good about ourselves, so we can celebrate this Christmas season, but Jesus, that you would change us from within. Bring your transformation and raise us up for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I said, I believe that there's a connection not just between Boaz and Jesus as the saviors, as the redeemers of those stories, but also between the shepherds and Ruth. 
In fact, we see right from the start that both of those characters, both the shepherds and Ruth, are unsavory characters. The shepherds not being honest enough to bring testimony in court, not being welcome at the temple. And Ruth, for heaven's sake, she was a Moabitess. If, I don't know how much you know about the story of Israel and Moab. Moab was one of the primary nations that tried to prevent the Israelites from coming to the promised land by distracting them and leading them away from worship of the one true God. And then there's even some, some evidence that would say that not only was Ruth from Moab, but her husband, the son of Naomi, who passed away, it seems as though possibly Ruth's husband was one of many Jews that fought on the side of Moab against Israel at the time of Ehud, the judge. In other words, her husband was killed fighting his own people. So not only was Ruth from a nation that was really cursed by God because of their role in the in the, in the travels of the Israelites to the promised land, but her husband fought against her own people, or against his own people. Unsavory characters, to say the least. I will insert that y'all are a bunch of unsavory characters as well. Myself included. That's where we find ourselves, isn't it? But it's not just about being unsavory characters. They, they are characters that need protection. They need someone to vouch for them. They need someone to come in authority over them. The shepherds needed protection as they, they were out in the fields by night, exposed to the physical elements. They needed someone who could vouch for them because they couldn't vouch for themselves in court. And Ruth, as she moves to Israel with Naomi, her mother-in-law, needs protection in a physical sense as well. A widow at such a young age in a new country with no way to support herself. She needed protection. She needed someone who could look at her and say, I value you. I love you. I protect you. And then finally we see that both sets of these characters, both the shepherds and Ruth, are redeemed in the end of this story. Again, we know the story of Ruth and Boaz, how she is redeemed and given a place in the story of Jesus, but also the shepherds walk away from that encounter with Jesus, not simply taking it all in, but recounting the story to everyone they met. And everyone responded trusting what they said. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Steve mentioned that it's important for us to embrace the posture of, a, of Holy Advent, this idea that as Jesus comes, as we prepare for his coming, both in the past as well as the future, it's important for us to embrace this posture that allows us to move from a lifestyle of selfishness to an to a life of selflessness. And that's important as we look at the passage this morning, as we look at the story of both the shepherds as well as Ruth, we see that, first of all, a posture of Holy Advent reminds us that joy is not found in an experience. 
If anybody had opportunity to find holy joy in an experience, it was both Ruth and the shepherds. You see, Ruth's experience coming to the, this new land, living under, under the house of her mother-in-law, Naomi, neither of which had the wherewithal to make sure that they were able to, to have enough to eat. Ruth goes out and works hard in the fields. If, you, if you're unfamiliar with the story of Ruth, I encourage you to look back and read the, the book as you go through your, your personal Bible reading this week. It's four short chapters. It's a beautiful story of redemption. But Ruth gives up her life in her own land to come and be with Naomi, and she works tirelessly in order to provide, not just for herself, but for her mother-in-law, Naomi. Her loyalty to her mother-in-law pays off. There's some sense of satisfaction as she serves in the fields, as she works hard. She finds that she's given extra over and above what maybe someone normally would find as they were gleaning in the fields. And she's given enough to provide for her as well as her mother-in-law. She had more than enough supply to take care of them. That's the American dream, is it not? Work hard, earn lots, and be in a position to enjoy what you've earned. Many of us have gone through our working lives thinking that that's what it's all about, and we come home and we sleep well at night or sleep well on the weekend because we worked hard during the week, and there's a satisfaction in that. There's, there's some sense of joy... But then Monday comes again, doesn't it? That joy is fleeting. That joy doesn't last forever because you got to get up and do it all over again. And that's the cycle that Ruth found herself in. She couldn't fully rest. She couldn't find a place where she could take a step back and go, look at what I've done. Look at how my loyalty to my mother-in-law has paid off. Look at how my hard work has given us exactly what we need. No, no, the next day comes and more is needed. But the same is true of the shepherds. The, holy, the posture of Holy Advent reminds us that that joy is not found in an experience. And again, if anybody had opportunity to find true biblical joy in an experience, it was the shepherds. Imagine yourself sitting in the field, watching over the sheep, and the angels show up. And we know from the scriptures that, that they certainly weren't excited in a positive sense when those angels showed up, were they? When that first one showed up, it said that they were terrified. They were sore afraid. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what was coming their way, but what they got what they got was the ultimate worship experience. 
It's like going from singing songs of praise in the shower to being in the front row of the greatest worship concert ever. The angels are professional worshipers. That's what they do. They are before God day in, day out, all the time bringing forth praise to God. If anybody knows how to bring praise to God, it's the angels. And just like Ruth might have been experiencing what we think is the American dream, to work hard and to earn all she could, the shepherds, we could say, were experiencing the American church dream right? Come to a place. Come worship and experience God. But just like Ruth had to get up again on Monday morning and go out and work and find some more, in a short while y'all are going to leave. And you're going to go about your, your daily activities. And at some point in time in the week, you're very likely going to go, man, I need a Sunday morning again. True biblical joy is not found in an experience. And for some of us, it's not necessarily Sunday morning. For some of us, it's, it's sitting in the car blasting Worship music. For some of us, it's sitting and listening to a TV or a radio preacher. For some of us, it's the family gatherings at the holidays. But I want you to remember, if you are seeking after joy by finding an experience, a mountaintop experience, every mountaintop experience is followed by a valley. That joy that you find in the experience will not last. It is not true biblical joy. Is it good? They can be great. Just like Ruth, it was good for her to work. And it was wonderful for the shepherds to experience the worship of the professional worshipers of heaven. It's good for you to work. It's good for you to experience an experience of worship, of being in the presence of God and His people, but that does not bring joy. Secondly, a posture of Holy Advent reminds us that joy is not found in a personal encounter. Ruth didn't just go and work in a field, but she got to know the landowner. We can make the same connection to you can come to church, but it's not until you meet the owner of the house, right? But I contend to you, it's not just about an encounter with the person. Because Ruth met him. She recognized that he was treating her more than fairly. He recognized that he was looking out for her. But she still had to come back on Monday morning. She still had to come and work. It wasn't just about meeting 
the wealthy landowner. And the same thing for the shepherds. They went. They went right away. We see that in Scripture. They said, let's hurry and find out to see what this is that the Lord has done. And they went to visit a baby. And I, I don't want to mince any words. Seeing babies change us, doesn't it? There's a sense of excitement and happiness and pleasant things when we see babies. Uh, some people, when, when you smell a baby, only some of the times. But everyone in here who can say that they're a parent knows that some of those good feelings wear off once in a while, don't they? Babies change us. They make us smile. They make us talk funny. But babies will break the strongest of us. And sometimes, sometimes, in the words of the wise monster, Mike Wazowski, you want to put that thing back where it came from. <laughs> sometimes when they're teenagers or even in their 20s. That joy is temporary. That joy doesn't last. It's, it's, a, it's a happy feeling that we experience. And those shepherds experienced that. They were in that place with Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And they saw the babies. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that they were baby people. Some of them might, might have stood around the outside and went, yep, that's a baby. True biblical joy does not come from that personal encounter. Even some of our most life-giving relationships are not the source of true holy joy. Think about the relationships you have, the people you encounter. Some people bring you all sorts of good, happy, warm feeling inside. But you walk away. And while sometimes those memories linger, they don't always last. When we depend on our personal encounters with one another, we will be disappointed. We will miss out on joy. And I say that even in terms, and take this the right way, even in terms of, like I said, coming to God's house and meeting the one whose house it is, sometimes that's all it is. You're introduced to Jesus, and, and that's a great feeling and exciting, and you walk away, and you spend the rest of your week going, man, I need another hit of that Sunday morning thing. reality is this is not the thing. Sunday morning is not the thing. The worship music is not the thing. Lighting the candles, someone preaching, the interaction you have out in the library, none of this is the thing. The shepherds said, let's go see this thing. What is the thing that they were looking for? What is the thing that they wanted? And honestly, in, in the original Greek, it actually says what statement God has made. 
And the baby in the manger was not the thing. The baby in the manger was not what they were, what, what they experienced. The baby in the manger was just a sign. It points us to what the thing is. It points us to the statement that, you, that, that God has made. And that brings us to our third point. A posture of holy advent reminds us that joy is being covered. And when I say being covered, we're talking about being under authority and protection. This is where joy comes from when we have a posture of holy advent. Ruth found that joy not in working hard, not in providing for her mother-in-law, not even in meeting her redeemer, Boaz. She finds joy when he covers her. I want to read to you from, from Ruth chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile, Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and laid down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Meeting Boaz was all good. But it's only when Boaz covers her with his authority and his protection that she is able to live in peace. She's able to rest from the work that she was doing. Remember we talked about how the whole idea is that it, no matter how hard she had to work, she still had to go back on Monday morning and do some more. She did not find rest until Boaz took the corner of his garment and spread it over her and said, I will redeem you. That's when she finds it. That's when she finds joy. That's when she finds rest from her work. Up to this point, Ruth has worked her tail off to provide for herself and Naomi. The cards were stacked against her as a single woman in this society. It's only through somebody else's action that she could be provided for. And Boaz does that, standing in the gap, saying, You are worthy. You are valuable. I understand where you've come from. I understand the problems that your people have caused. I understand that you are not part of us, but I proclaim that you are mine. And I will provide for you. I will take care of you. Boaz provides protection, sustenance, and even a child. When Ruth submits to his authority. When she says, I can't do this for myself. I'm caught in the cycle of doing over and over and over again. I can only get out of this cycle and find rest and find joy, find fulfillment by coming under you as my Redeemer.
the shepherds. The shepherds found joy in the message they carry only because they submitted themselves to the message of the angels. William Hendrickson writes, after the angels had left them, that is always the critical time, what the shepherds should do, what the shepherds should do had they been clearly implied. Will they do it? The minister has delivered his sermon. Will the listeners, himself included, take it to heart? The doctor has prescribed medication. Will the patient follow his prescription? By use of the imperfect tense, Luke shows very graphically that these devout men never hesitated. They submitted themselves to what the angels had brought right from the throne room of God. God trusted them enough to be witnesses. Remember, they weren't allowed to be witnesses in the court of man, but God called those shepherds to be witnesses in his court. And they immediately responded and went to see what God had done. Through them, quite literally, a statement is made. Remember I said that the words there that says, let's go see this thing that God has done, literally says, let's go see this statement that God has made. And God not only makes a statement through the holy family, he makes it through the shepherds. And the statement that he makes is that the Redeemer has spread his garment over us. We are under his authority and we are now protected. When we submit to him, when we admit that we can't do it ourselves anymore, this cycle of doing, 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 looking for some satisfaction, looking for joy, when we set that aside and say, I can't do it anymore, I submit myself to the maker and creator of this world and allow Jesus to be that for me, he covers us with his protection and his authority. But ultimately, a posture of holy advent reminds us that joy is found in redemption. So much of this other stuff is a lot of window dressing, a lot of what surrounds us, a lot of, a lot of what sets the table for what Jesus does. You see, we don't celebrate a child in a manger. We don't celebrate a Savior on a cross. We celebrate a Savior who rose from the dead and provides redemption for our souls. Ruth and the shepherds are bookends to a story. The story of the Messiah. Many of you may already know this, but, but Ruth being covered by her kinsman redeemer marries Boaz and has a baby. No longer does she have to labor in the fields, but in fact she becomes a mother, an important mother. A couple generations later, 
following Ruth, we have King David. And we know some generations after that, we ended up with Mary and Joseph on that night bringing Jesus into the world, God in human form. Ruth and the shepherds are part of the same story, part of the same progression. They both point to the same place, to the same event, to the same person. And again, not to the person, the little baby in the manger, but to the coming king who would rise from the dead. Ruth is brought from the outside of the people of God to become a key piece in the coming of the Messiah. Without Ruth, it doesn't happen. Without this person from the hated nation of Moab, the lineage of Jesus is cut off. Ruth is brought from the outside to be a, such a key part the great-grandmother of King David and predecessor of Jesus himself. The shepherds, they go from unclean men out in the fields by night, possibly serving the needs of the temple that they can't even enter, to being messengers who proclaimed the birth of the one who would bring to an end the need for that temple. You see, the story of the shepherds, we can make a lot out of it, we can read a lot into the traditions and the stories around it, but we don't need that. Because in what we have right in Scripture, we see the transformation of lives. People brought from the outside of the family of God, brought into, into the heart of what God was doing in that moment. I told you earlier that y'all are unsavory characters as well. I stand here today as an unsavory character who has submitted myself to the protection and authority of the King of Heaven. And I stand here redeemed, experiencing holy joy because my posture is one of holy advent. Not saying I'm complete, not saying it's all done, not saying that every single day that works. But I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. My, I am confident in all that he has promised to do. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you 
with this expectation, this, this holy advent of what you are doing. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to put ourselves in the position, in the posture of that expectation, of that anticipation of what you have done and what you are going to do. Teach us again today that joy in this world comes from recognizing your authority. It comes from your protection and ultimately from your redemption. Jesus, let us not be confident. Let us not rest in the works of our hands. Let us not be confident in the experiences we come to, the people we interact with. But let us rest in you. For you alone are able. We trust in you, Jesus. And we thank you. Thank you for your life and that we can be here today and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, it's my joy to bless you with God's holy joy that you would not let it stay here, that you would take it with you as you submit to him. Experience not the things of this world, but the redemption of your soul day by day. Church, you are sent to take that message to the world. Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.